I'm John Crane. And I'm Bernie Crane. You're listening to the Jazz Session. With our dad, Jason Crane. Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 437 for the week of May 19th, 2014. On today's show, vocalist Sarah Serpa and guitarist Andre Matos. Do you know that for just $5 a month, you can become a member of the Jazz Session? But wait, there's more. Every single show, you get free MP3s for your 5 bucks a month. There's a show every week, of course. And your five bucks a month goes directly toward paying for my trips to New York to record even more interviews. So if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, become a member. Speaking of trips to New York City, this interview today is the first interview from the batch that I recorded on my previous trip to New York City, which just happened a couple weekends ago. There was no show last week. I had, I had the highest hopes, <laughs> but I have to say, by the time that exhausting weekend of interviews was over and I got back on the bus on Sunday night, it just wasn't happening. There was no show being produced. Now, you may notice, if you're really, really listening to this in real time, that this thing probably isn't itself posted until, eh, maybe after midnight on the East Coast on Monday, May 19th. So, you know, let's just, we'll just leave that as it is. Apparently I have a small issue with my production schedule at the moment. Let's just keep that, you know, between you and me, okay? So anyway, uh, I was super excited to get a chance to talk to Sarah Serpa for the second time. She was on the show via phone, I don't know, a year or two ago, I guess, talking about an album she did with uh, Rand Blake. But she and Andre Matos, her husband, have put out an album now which called Primavera, which I just think is is really stunning. I think it might be my favorite thing I've ever heard Sarah do, and the two of them together are an incredible pair, you know, it seems like in, in every level of their lives, and I think that really comes through in the music. So let's hear a track from Primavera, and then we'll hear my conversation with Sarah Serpa and Andre Matos, recorded late one evening up in Harlem. Thank you. 
My guests are Sarah Serpa and Andre Matos. First of all, thank you for having me in your home. It's great to see you both. Thank you for coming. And we're here to talk about uh, the new record, which is Primavera, which I think is one of the, my favorite things I've heard so far this year or in recent memory. I just I adore it. I love it. Um, and I thought maybe we could talk about why you decided to make this duo album and an album that is fairly different from a lot of what's happened before. Uh, okay, I'll go first, and then I'll let Sarah speak. Um, we we've been recording. Um, we've been doing recordings uh, as a duo for the past five years, I guess. And um, those were kind of uh, experiments, you know, that we were for one, uh, you know, for 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 whatever reasons, we were never never too happy about it. <laughs> and um, this time, we kind of set. Uh, the goal and we said okay we're going to record uh, an album and it has to go it has to come out so, something has to come out <laughs> <laughs> out of that um so it was you know it was just the the the, the booking a studio and, and starting working on on music you know music from 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 scratch you know we didn't have anything um i mean we've we've had uh experiences with with uh, playing standards and playing original music but but this time we we started everything from scratch and um and we kind of had a different idea when we when we got to the studio we had a different idea um or maybe we didn't have many ideas but we we were kind of surprised with uh with stuff that um came out of these records um you know that was um that uh, arose from from the process you know or with the process what surprised you did it surprise you because do you think it helped that you went in with no kind of fixed conception of what you were going to do or where no, did the surprise come we from we had well we had we had a few songs um um that we ended up using for the, for the record we had uh, some other songs that we didn't use <laughs> that we first recorded and um so those songs, the songs that that uh, we used, kind of set the tone for the rest of the record, um, and we thought we were going to do something, um, you know, something acoustic, uh, not that it's electric, but uh, something like, uh, you know, raw, you know, something, something recorded on the spot, and. Um, and and you know doing it in one session and being happy with it, that ha- that that didn't happen. You know we started um, um, experimenting with with the songs, and um, we got you know we meet after the first session we 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 had the feeling that we'll need like at least another session. We ended up doing what five sessions in the studio, um, and I think that gave us time to. This was a long nine months, I guess eight months. This gave us time to um, listen to each track and 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 see what's you know what we want of of each song um, more than anything else we've done in the past, I think. Um, and um, you want to s- speak a little bit about it? Okay. <laughs> um, so I think also the uh, again like the fact that we had time a lot of time um and that we work as a unity a duo so we were able to go to go to the studio and do it like several times and 
re-listen, redo things was uh, really important for the final product. And um, before in the past, like what we did, we would go just one day at the studio. And so it, there's a, a lot of pressure and there's a lot of good things that come out of that kind of immediacy, immediate uh, experience. Um, Where it's almost like a live performance exactly, captured on tape. Exactly. And for this, I think we worked a lot. I mean, there are songs that are just like the song and the other songs that we were kind of working on the arrangement. And that's what I think it gained a lot. And uh, suddenly we were like, oh, maybe we need the keyboard here. So let's do that. And um, so adding layers, not that it sounded too uh, studio produced, you know, but that it kind of... Gay, uh, enriched the music. Um, I don't know. It was an interesting experience uh, to be very picky, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, jazz musicians, I think, often feel like they have to defend using the studio as an instrument. I mean, even though many of the albums that we all grew up on were cut together in the studio. I mean, Miles Davis like wouldn't have a discography if they hadn't spliced tons of tape together in the studio to make records, for example. And you're, like the very first track on this album has what sound to me either like multi-track vocals or vocals with an effect done live. I'm not sure which, but, um, and so as soon as that began playing, I thought, oh, okay, cool. This is not what I thought I was going to hear. And I love it. And I really like the way that you guys use the studio as an instrument. I mean, I think it just adds a real depth to the record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it was, again, like it was a completely new experience. Uh, And um, for example, the adding other vocals, you know, it was just, oh, why would, don't we try and see how it sounds, you know, and then, oh, it sounds good, so let's keep it, you know, so <laughs> so I think there was a lot of that, uh, experimenting and liking or not liking it, and I think also, like, we had some, um, we were able to play it several times here at home and see, okay, I'm not really happy with these parts, so how, what can we do to make it better? Um, I don't know if you want to add something about this. Um, yeah, I think b- more than more than ever for this record, we we combined two things that we never did in so you know in such a uh, or so much. Um, we searched a lot, you know. We tried we tried different things, and we also did an exercise of acceptance. You know, like uh, okay, this is this is what we are. You know, and and um, and this is how it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, and can you say more about that. How did that? How did that manifest itself in you, the actual process? Well, you know, the, you mentioned you know using the instru- the the studio as an instrument, um, uh, and how that can be um, that can be present as a as a prejudice, you know, for 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 musicians in the jazz uh, scene. Um, well, first of all, I'd, I'm not sure if that's true, but um, it certainly, you know, you know, made us think about it. Um, anyway, I, I, that that was a, that was a, you, we just went along with that, and um, um, we didn't. Uh, we try not to think too much about it, you know, just just thinking about the music and what the music needs, and and creating the um, the atmosphere that that we felt was was. Um, was needed without without going too much <laughs> too much too crazy you know about it but um so i think 
I think that that's 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 uh, this 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 music is uh, closer to what we are more than anything we've done, I guess. How far into the process were you when you started deciding, okay, we're going to bring in other musicians as well? Um, I think we probably had that um, we had that um, option f from the beginning, right? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, and um, and and I think the songs were were both. Pete Rand and Leo Genovese uh, participate. Those were songs that I that were um, created in the last minute, maybe in the last session. So like two or three songs that uh, weren't even conceived before, you know, um, before we started the process. So they were like in in the final in the. Um, and I think the, the, those actually those those two songs were. Um, May, may, maybe uh, define the record a little bit I think actually and um, I think Leo we invited him just just because hey show up to the studio <laughs> we're gonna use you uh, and he showed up with um, with uh, with his bass drum folk bass drum from Argentina and his melodica and his uh, toy guitar <laughs> And uh, so, oh, cool. Okay, he, he didn't play too much piano; just played a little bit. Um, but I think the colors, the color he he brings is you know is interesting. And um, um, and Pete um, is a very you know he has a very um, minimal participation, but he plays the the prophet keyboard. And I think it's. It's it was just what that song needed, Camino, because um, he's so he's such a, a sensible, um, a sensitive musician.
Sarah, you mentioned, and people may not have even heard you mention it, but you mentioned off the mic Greg Osby and knowing that you wanted him involved since the beginning. Can you say more about that? Um, I mean, I think like we wanted this to be a duo project because, I mean, we've been playing duo for a long, long time. And um, this would be like kind of like finally we have uh, something that we did together and that we're happy about it. Um, but I think like right from the beginning, I had this idea, maybe we could invite like just some a few special people, you know, that have been part of our lives, you know, and um, that could add something to, to the music. Um, and Shoru, this song by Andre was kind of like, this is the perfect song for, for Greg to play. But we asked him to play soprano instead of alto, which he did. It sounds amazing. Like he has an amazing sound on the soprano. And um, and so again, like it's he he's a good friend. So we just asked him, can you come to the studio one of the one day and just record this song with us? And he came and he did it. <laughs> yeah. For people who don't know, can you talk a little bit about your history with Greg Osby? Yeah. So Greg, um, Greg found me on MySpace uh, while I was a student at Berkeley. Um, so he. He sent That's going to be one of the very last stories ever told on this show that involves being found on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I, for me, it was a surprise too when I received a message from him. But um, we started being, you know, communicating and exchanging music uh, thoughts. And he mentioned that he would like to include me in one of his future projects, which ended up happening like maybe two years later. And so I recorded with him uh, his latest album, which is from 2008, Nine Levels. And um, I performed with him a few times uh, once I graduated from school and moved to New York. And all my previous releases have been, CDs have been released by Greg's label, also Inner Circle Music. So we've been kind of involved either in music or in this kind of uh, the other aspect of music, which is kind of producing your music and selling it and um, making making it accessible to the public. Um, so, yeah, so, so Greg has been part uh, of our lives, I think. <laughs> You uh, you both have mentioned that you wrote a lot of material for this mm -hmm. album, but you also chose a few things written by other people. Can you say yeah. something about that? Yeah. Uh, so the first song uh, is by Guillermo Klein, Se Me Va La Voz. That's a song that I, I we heard at the Village Vanguard. I think like when Liliana Ejero was here uh, playing with him, singing with him. And... For me, like that song just stayed with me like for a long, long time, you know, like I almost cried on the performance. It's super, it's really beautiful, simple and deep, I think. And um, so I, I, I wanted to play that song um, and I think it adds like something different because it's in Spanish and there's kind of a different uh, atmosphere for that. And the, the other one is by Rand Blake, another collaborator um, and it's a song that I really like that Ren wrote and uh, Jean Lee wrote the lyrics inspired on uh, Dostoevsky's book called The Ridiculous Man um, so I think I think also like this song has a very I've, I've been singing it since I started singing it with Ren 
And last year when we played at Kitano, uh, Andre was a special guest and we played this song. And I really, I, I think it was a good match to do it like voice and guitar. And I think this is a nice tribute to Ren, like to perform his music and give it to him. <laughs> yeah. I'll just mention that the last time you were on the show, we were talking about Camera Obscura. Yeah, which yeah, was yeah, an album exactly. With Ram. Yeah. Um, and then in addition to there being music written by other people, there are two songs that have lyrics written by the people, although they were poems originally. Will you say something, or either of you say something about that? Andre? Um, those two songs uh, come from, those two songs were, were written actually before the before we set out to to record this, this album. Um, I think they came from um, a gig that was pr proposed to me um, back in, uh, I think in the beginning of last year, not, not too long ago. But uh, so I, um, I thought, oh, what like a simple gig in Brooklyn, you know. Um, but since not not many gigs are offered <laughs> to me, I thought, well. <laughs> Let me let let me make something special out of these, you know. So, um, I started writing music for for um, the poetry of Alberto Cairo, who is um, heteronym of uh, Fernando Pessoa, you know, one of the most famous port, uh, Portuguese poets, I think. Um, and I've always I've always liked uh, Alberto Cairo's. Um, uh, you know, poetry, uh, always felt touched um, by it. So I, I started write, writing songs for, for those uh, uh, poems. And um, let's see, I wrote like around seven or eight songs. So it was like a song cycle that I thought, cool, I'm going to record this someday. But then I didn't, and, and we ended up choosing these two songs that are part of that cycle. Um, and uh, they might be the best ones, actually. <laughs> uh, I even forgot about the other ones. So I, we kept these two and we used for the album. Uh, and then there's also a song with poetry by E.E. E. Cummings yeah. on there as well. You right? Yeah, I would like to mention also that all these songs uh, and poems, um, especially like the Alberto Cairo and E.E. E. Cummings, are kind of related to nature and earth and just in, admiring simple things of life um the sun the, the clouds uh, i don't know the grass growing you know bucolic yeah um so this was very kind of uh f f it fit the idea that we had for the album and it fits like our personalities too, which is kind of, we enjoy simple things. We enjoy being in the nature and just accepting things as they are. And so E.E. E. Cummings was, uh, again, like an, an exercise. You know, I, I read the poem. I was like, okay, I'll, let me try to write something for this. Um, and I did, and for a while I wasn't very sure about the song, but then it was like, no, I, wa I want to put it on the record, so we have to make it happen. And we kind of worked around the arrangement how to make it um, good enough to be in the album. Is it difficult to write songs to sets of words that were not intended to fit together as lyrics? Because those usually have certain like metric properties or repetition or things like that. Yeah. And in both these cases, these were to be read on a page or read out loud, but not mm -hmm. to be sung. 
I mean, maybe, um, maybe I wrote, I, I'm, I'm singing it in the wrong way. I don't know. And that this is the I'm way. I'm not implying that at all. I'm just asking. <laughs> no, for me, it was just like, how do I read this? And how, how do I interpret this? Um, especially because it's not my language, you know, like it's a very, yeah, I think it's a very innocent approach that I have to the language. So, um, it's just okay i see it this way and i i do think like that poem is really it's there's a little bit of always like a little bit of darkness and sarcasm but uh it's really like i thank you god for this amazing earth <laughs> yeah um to step away from the actual album itself for just a minute it's it's very rare that there are are people on the show who are not only talking about music they made together but who are also life partners mm -hmm. and so i'm just curious how you two I actually kind of know the answer to this story. But I'm curious on behalf of the listeners how you two met and started making music together. Um, there are two versions. <laughs> Good. Those are, the best, go. those are the best stories. <laughs> but we'll go, I'll go this with the official. This tape isn't even running. Don't I'll worry about it. I'll go with the official one. No one listens to this um, show. So... Um, I met Andre when, Andre when I moved to Boston. So I heard about him for a long time in Portugal while I was at the school, jazz school. Um, but I actually met him um, in 2005 when I went to Berkeley to do a summer program and Andre was finishing his graduate stu studies there. And so we started um, having sessions, speci especially because we were both Portuguese, you know, so the Portuguese people who were at studying at Berkeley at the time were kind of together fairly often. Um, so we started playing together then. And then we found out that we had a lot of common things uh, in part, back in Portugal, especially like the place where we spend holiday vacation in the summer. You know, like there were a lot of these kind of common places where we've We've been going through our lives, but we never actually crossed uh, paths. Um, so it was, uh, it kind of, our complicity, I think, started growing. And then, you know, we fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometime I definitely want to hear the real story. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
this album also has covered the period during which you had your first child, which might get, I mean, it seems like a cliche to say that that affects the music in some way, but did it affect it even just practically, like the actual, I mean, for some piece of this you were pregnant, right? For some piece of it you had a brand new baby and well, now you're recording a record and all these things. Definitely, yeah, definitely practically there was, you know, there was like, uh, we 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 want we knew for sure that we wanted to finish the record <laughs> before the baby was born you know so that that kept put us like okay we have oops we have to finish this um uh, so by i think by last december uh you know it couldn't go on so that that had to be the our last session you know because okay. we could have kept going you know like, sure, you right. know well, let's do another session and right. add some more you know and let's be do a triple album yeah, yeah. like <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, like you have now fourteen songs, you could have, <laughs> exactly. you could go with thirty songs. So um, yeah, so we we had to to stop the going because because we needed to have the, you know may, may send the the record to the factory. <laughs> uh, but uh, other than that, I think there was you know I mean that there's a you know there's a a par- parallel um, um, energy you know. Of like, you know, creating something, you know, creation. Yeah. Maybe. I uh, can add something. You can add something? Okay, please. Yeah, I mean, because I was the one who was pregnant. <laughs> 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 At least, like, physically, there are, there are changes. I mean, the first session we had, I was feeling so nauseous. Like, it was a, kind of a sacrifice for me to do uh, that session. And later on, like, when we went back to the studio, it was kind of, okay, now... Um, now I can work, you know. Um, yeah. Also, you know, f- everybody asked me, like, if getting pregnant affected my voice, you know, and I didn't feel that it affected my voice, but I definitely felt like I couldn't be very aggressive or push as I was used to do before. Maybe, like, you know, whenever I needed to have more sound or be in terms of dynamics, I could just go and have louder sounds. And this time, you know, I, I felt like I, ha- I, I, I just had to be gentle because there was no other way. And so um, I think I had to start working in a more gentle side of singing um, without making too much effort, just letting it go. And you two work together all the time, and you also live together, and... I mean, in in one sense, that's kind of idyllic, right? Like we all wish we had oh, this partner who shares my passion. But in the other sense, I mean, you almost never musically get away from one another or in life unless one of you takes a vacation or something, which probably now is never going to happen, or at least not for a while if you have a baby. So what is it like to have a musical partnership that is inside your the rest of your lives that are also together? I mean, it seems like it would be both beautiful and challenging at the same time. Yeah, I mean... I don't. I don't even think about it. I think mm. it's very natural for me to be with Andre and make music with him. We have the same references, and uh, we. I, I feel like we kind of understand each other musically. You know, like oh, we like that, and we don't like that. You know, and there's, even if we can't explain like by words why we like something or why we don't like something. We uh, we understand each other. So musically and professionally speaking. Um, that helps and and we are not we don't agree all the time like you know, <laughs> it's not always like yes i agree with you like sometimes we disagree but i i think um that's part of it and 
And I think, you know, Andre plays in my band, in the quintet. Um, but we, I think we've been fortunate also to kind of have other experiences without each other. And, you know, and kind of... And, but there, uh, uh, even like in those uh, situations, Andre is very present and in my life, in my professional life at least, he has uh, his opinions, you know, he understands what's going on and... <laughs> no? Not very opinionated. Not very opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> Opinion is not a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> No, but we share things, and I think that's great. And it's been working out, so sure. um, I I don't have anything else to add. Do you have? Um, it's it works fine, mainly because um, we, like I said, there's like Sarah said, there's there's that balance of uh, um, uh, you said. Uh, we we like the same things. We we kind of um, have grown together a lot, you know, musically, um, and we've uh, we've moved to New York together, so we've experienced um, certain things together. Um, but also, we don't we're not we're not we don't we work separately too, you know. Like we, especially uh, at home, we don't work the music. Not too, too, not too often, at least. We don't work together too much at home. Um, we actually had to make an effort to rehearse <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for the record because, um, yeah, because it doesn't happen very often. We just, you know, just I'm I'm playing in my little corner and Sarah is practicing her, her piano upstairs and sure. and we're like each one doing. Um, but it works fine, and and um, yeah, we we we've we've growing growing up um, <laughs> musically together. Are there any? I know nothing about Portuguese music at all. Are are there any Portuguese musical references that we can hear in the work of this album, or is that just not something that you two well, are particularly influenced by? Um. Yes, definitely. I think so. Uh, I, I mean, can't... besides the obvious language things, right? Like that's I'm discounting that, but just saying, I don't. I don't. Is there any like I don't know folkloric music or yeah. traditional styles or anything that appear? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think besides the language, there's also like a, a, a kind of um, energies that I that I see. Um, Mostly on 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 uh, at least on my songs because I, I I know I know where you know where where they come from kind of from you know within me, but uh, um, I think there's a energy always present of uh, um, the people and you know the places where where we come from you know. Um, apart from that, I think there's for me at least. I have um, clear influences that or music that I've listened all my life, and I, you know, even that I don't listen now, but it's still part of me. Um, not not too much um, uh, fado in itself, but uh, I like. I certainly have listened my share of um, Carlos Paredes, uh, the uh, the um, you know famous guitarist, Portuguese guitar. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know if you're aware of him. I'm not no. familiar with him. You should. It's a, I will become familiar. He's, with him. A, he's amazing. Spe- spell his last name for folks who are listening. Uh, Paredes. P a r e d e s. E s yes yeah. yes Carlos. Um, he plays the the Portuguese guitar, which is um, a twelve string guitar, uh, shaped like a tear, a very a little smaller. And it's a uh, it's a beautiful instrument, and he's a he's an amazing player. He actually has a record uh, with Charlie Hayden duo uh, that they recorded back, I think, in Portugal, maybe in the seventies. Okay. Um, but that's a specific, very specific thing. I I I don't know. There's like singer songwriters that I've listened to. There's I can't name all, sure. them all, but there's definitely Portuguese music. I can say something. Yeah, I don't think. Um there's folk music, you know, influence directly. Um, but one thing is that we've, we've, we have, um, so basically like people in Portugal and at least like this kind of new music, jazz music, and, and in general, people do not like to hear their language sang you know like it's it's weird but we are so uh, used to hear like english music you know american sure. or whatever so, uh, movies you know everything so the, it sounds like kind of weird when someone starts singing in portuguese you know yeah especially in a modern context Sp- yeah especially in a modern context and and if you see like a lot of pop singers uh even jazz singers they all write their own lyrics in english you know like so it's all english and you know, being in America and living here for a while, like f- for us, it started getting a little weird. Right. <laughs> you know, why Why are we just expressing ourselves in English? Like we have this amazing language, like everybody like loves Portuguese, like everybody that meets us says like, oh, I love Portuguese. And we're always like trying to escape, escape from it. So I think um, in a way there was an acceptance also of this this is our language and this is how we express ourselves better because we this is us you know so um just to be able to make music with it and just to accept it naturally like that was a big step I yeah think. <laughs> and you often uh not only don't sing in english but you sing with no words at all you exactly. use voiceless mm-hmm. vocals what what initially inspired that decision on your part I mean, I think maybe, you know, uh, thinking, looking back to my experience, you know, in as a child in music, like, you know, I sang in a choir where we would sing like a lot of uh, re- religious music, um, but all in Latin, early music, early music mm. uh, but it's religious uh, Latin where, you know, the sound of the vowels is much more important than exact uh, specific like the words you're saying or at least for me like as a child I didn't understand what I was saying anyway you sure. know so it was just like laudate you know right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um and I think like uh, when I started singing jazz you know I was really uh attracted to instrumental part uh because it was challenging um and because I didn't have a big connection with the English language, to be honest, like, I, you know, like some of the standards I didn't really understand or didn't really could make them mine or my story. So I think that only came with living here in the United States for a while, where you suddenly you start, 
immersing yourself in the culture of jazz, uh, of these songs also, and um, of the language, and you need to express yourself with English as well. So I think slowly, slowly that starts becoming part of the music as well. Yeah, yeah I've always found uh, reading poetry, which is something I do a lot of, that the more time I spend in New York, for example, mm -hmm. the more all of those poems that were written here started just to take on new layers and new meanings because you can understand the references and you can just feel the energy that must have been behind yeah. them. I imagine that's kind of similar. Mm -hmm. As you guys are thinking about going ahead and performing this music, uh, some of it is obviously, like we've talked about, pretty heavily using the studio. And so when it's the two of you or you and a band or whatever you decide to do, how are you going to make allowances for what can't be replicated easily? Well, f I think, first of all... It you know, it, it's actually not heavily, you know, um, 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 works, you know, the, mm. the, the music, yeah, produced. Um, it might, well, I don't, I don't think it sounds like that, but, but he, he, he can't give the impression that it's, um, um, there's a lot of layers. There's not that many, actually, uh, but, um, of course, there will, there will, that will be the, that will be a question for us. You know, how we're gonna, how, how, how are, are we gonna be able to uh, reproduce this uh, energy on stage? I think first of all, now we, 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 we're already uh, set to have a, a, a full band, you know, with us. So that's, you know, electric bass, which I play in some songs of the record, and we're gonna have a drummer, which is something we don't have at all in the record. We also plays uh, light percussion or but uh um so i think definitely the music will sound different you know but uh um will i think i think some of especially some of the songs uh might not be easily um translated to to that uh uh to a full band to a quintet um but most of them you know are very uh, uh, are very adaptable or adaptable. Yeah. You you want to say something about it? Yeah. I'm actually um, excited about also seeing this music performed with the band. You know, like just how where can we go? How far can we go with it? Um, because one thing, it's it wasn't like a. a completely conscious decision but we wanted we didn't want to make like very long songs for example we wanted like to be like short and uh, direct ideas you know there was some improvisation but not like crazy crazy or the, the like long solos we we just wanted to kind of like make it um simple and beautiful i think and we had like a we performed in march like kind of like a preview of this uh, the music of the album and and we I, I felt like we were still attached to the form like the short form of the songs and we are kind of like overlooking a little bit like we have now these three more musicians so what how can we use them and I think we're still like kind of how now like for this live situation like what can we do or um how can we make these songs um, more expand? expand yeah, and, and be happy with it. And um, so the studio version is kind of one version of these songs, and now they're a jumping-off point for what yeah, happens. Yeah, I think Why? so. I've, at least, like there will be some space for improvisation, um, and 
you know, like, for example, even like the, the double vocals, you know, like using pedals, maybe like, you know, here and there, like just to create, but I think like the music speaks for itself also, like even if, uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, when we play that BAM, like, even like if we didn't go very wild with the music <laughs> i think people liked it and they got the message you know yeah. so i think that's the more important thing um whatever happens but we are excited like our cd release show is on may 22nd at the greenwich house music school and we'll have matt brewer on electric bass richie barche on drums and percussion guillermo klein will be playing the piano so wow yeah fabulous <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So we're very, I think I'm very excited. <laughs> and tell people the date again. Uh, Thursday, May 22nd. Great. Yeah. Which, let's see, is only a few days away. As people are listening to this, it should be May 19th, 2014. Okay. So, so it's, it's just a few days away. Exactly. So everybody go to that. <laughs> well, my guests have been Sarah Serpa and Andre Matos, and it's been a real pleasure talking to both of you. Thank you. The new album is called Primavera on Inner Circle Music, and I'm really glad you were both here. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. That's music from Primavera, the new album by Sara Serpa and Andre Matos. Don't forget, if you're in New York, to check out their CD release show. Uh, links to their sites are available at thejazzsession.com in the show notes for this episode, and all the information will be there. You can rate this show in iTunes. Please give it a nice rating and leave a good review. You can also leave a comment on this post at thejazzsession.com. Don't forget, you can buy all the albums that you hear on The Jazz Session in the Jazz Session store, and essentially what you're doing is clicking a link through to Amazon to buy the albums there, and if you do it that way, 
At no additional cost to you, I get a little piece of the money that you spend. As a matter of fact, if you click on a link in the store, you can buy anything you want. It doesn't have to be that album. It doesn't have to be an album at all. But I'll get a little piece of whatever it is you spend at no additional cost to you just because you started your shopping trip at thejazzsession.com. Look, Amazon's an enormous corporation. I would prefer you buy music from your local music store, but there are no such things as local music stores. I would prefer you buy it from the artists at one of their shows, but, you know, you may live in Des Moines, Iowa, and maybe they're not going to be in Des Moines anytime soon. So Amazon exists. It's a thing. It's real. Millions of people use it. I use it. If you're going to use it, why not help out the jazz session at the same time? I says. Okay? Thank you very much. Hey, speaking of thank yous, thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this show. They're online at respectsextet.com. Thanks to Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo. If you need writing work done for you, please visit cranewrites.com. Cranewrites.com, my professional writing service for professional artists. Thanks so much for listening. Come back next week for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Bye. Bye.